Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right, cool. So um, before we get started into the just the teaching and the message this morning, I did want to just kind of give you a little context. Um, so we were originally going to do a, uh, a message, a little mini series before we get into kind of the Christmas season, which I'm really excited about. We were going to uh, do something called Love Where You Live, which felt timely in that it was really about the idea of, you know, knowing that we are um, called to be intentional about relationships and called to um, to share the love of Christ with others and in, in act indeed, but also in words and in ways and um, you know, how challenging that can be for us. And yet what we know is right next to us and maybe it's simpler than we thought. And so the idea was to do that. And I thought, how, how fitting would that possibly be for when we're going to be stuck at home and things of that nature? How can we you know, be intentional with our neighbors or things of that nature? But as I was uh, getting closer to it, I, really just started to sense um, God speaking to me personally about our church. Um, and this word peace came into my mind uh, and into my heart and just felt so like, com- I felt so compelled to change um, the, the message for this week and possibly next week as well. I'm still thinking through it. And so I really started to think about the word peace. Okay, God, what do you want to say? It felt like I understood why, because it, it seemed to resonate with me that like this could be something that would, um, that, that, our, our, that I think our, our church needs to hear. And that makes sense to me. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't quite sure. And so as I began really thinking through this week and praying about it, I have this message today that I'm calling peace in our darkest moments. And um, if I'm honest with you, uh, I'm a little nervous. Uh, it seems weird probably to hear your pastor say that he's nervous about preaching something. Um, it's not that I'm nervous at the capability of delivering something. It's that I just all week long had not, like, I, I, I think I just sense that there is a, a weight to what is happening in our world and individually. And I want to do it justice, if you will. So that's the human side of me, right? The human being part of me that just wants to be, wants to do everything I possibly can in my own self to reach the people that I love desperately and dearly. Um, But I also have to, and this is just, I think I'm trying to maybe say something that's also a teaching moment for you is that, and for me, myself, I'm reminding myself that um, it's God's job to do the work, right? And so that's something I've said for many years as a pastor, particularly when I'm excited about a message. Um, I have found that when I feel at my worst or at my weakest or at my least unprepared, not in the sense of like I didn't put time into it, but sometimes I just don't feel up to the task, that God has, has, um, has that's when he shines the best. And I really think that's why the Apostle Paul says that when I am weak, he is strong. Um, and I've seen that in my life. And so I'm being honest with you today that, that glitches and, uh, and choppiness and, um, and nervousness and all of these things, um, that God will still work. And so I'm, I'm out loud saying that to you because I'm trying to get myself back on track from the, you know, stuff that kind of pulls me out of the space, but also for you 
to as you're listening today, in case we do have other glitches or you have distractions at home or whatever, really try to dial in, you know, just, just let God speak to you uh, this morning. And, um, and so I just want to pray over our message today. God, I sensed this morning and all week long that you have something to say to each of us in your own way. I don't pretend to be able to convey it, to be able to convey it effectively uh, in its fullness. I want to do my part, which is to be obedient and to speak from my heart in the preparation that I have done. And I ask that each person would do their part today by just listening and opening their hearts and their ears to hear from you and welcoming your spirit to do the work that only you can do. God, I pray that you would speak to each of us today and encourage us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I feel like uh, today's message is timely, you know, it's for an uncertain and difficult time. Um, I'm not going to use the word unprecedented, <laughs> although I just did. Um, I'm aware that most of us are, you know, are forced into isolation, closed off from our normal routines. For many of us, it brings stress, it brings anxiety, um, fear, pressure, exhaustion, um, and it can create or even increase an already existing anxiety, um, fear, depression, and yet the Bible calls us to find peace and instructs us to be at peace. So, so there's those two, right? Like we know where we are and how oftentimes we can feel ourselves and the world. God has promised us as his children peace. We see that over and over and throughout scripture, he's promised it to us. And so there is this gap that is created oftentimes between what scripture says, scripture teaches and where we find ourselves at that moment. Um, and so that's where I want to talk today in the gap. Okay. That's where I really want to be today. When we're in that place in between where we find ourselves, maybe stressed, frustrated, isolated, however, and what God says is available and he promises us when we're in that place, how do we find peace? How do we experience the peace that is promised to us as his children. And specifically, there are two questions that I want to ask today that we're going to ask over and over again throughout. So I want you to just kind of let this sit in here. What do we do when it isn't getting any better? That's our first question. What do we do when it isn't getting any better? And how do we find peace in the worst places? What do we do when it isn't getting any better? And how do we find peace in the worst places? Today's message is entitled Peace in Our Darkest Moments. So if you guys have your Bibles or your smartphones, I want you to begin turning to Psalm 13. Psalm 13, I'm going to be reading out of the CSB version, the Christian Standard Version, the Christian Standard Bible. Psalm 13 is the passage we're going to start with, and we're going to end in... um, We're going to be ending in Philippians 4, but let's start in Psalm chapter 13. And this is David writing here. Psalm 13, David wrote Psalm 13 when he was fleeing for his life. And he went to live in a cave in an area called Adullam, the cave of Adullam. What was happening in David's life 
is I want you to understand that in when he wrote this, he was in one of the darkest moments of his entire life. He was being hunted by King Saul, who was the king at the time, who wanted to kill him, like very Game of Thrones-like. You know, any, any competition to his, his line, his lineage, he was eliminating any competition. That's what Saul was doing. He's hunting David down. David is on the run. He's leaving behind everything that he knew, his family, his friends, his quality of life, you know, everything. He had nothing. He was running into the wilderness, going from cave to cave to cave. He was living in caves, constantly stressed, constantly worrying about his life, constantly afraid that at any moment someone would come in and kill him, that maybe he couldn't trust the people who were around him. He was struggling with doubt. He was struggling constantly in danger. Can you imagine what that would feel like to have to all of a sudden flee for your life. And so let's read Psalm 13. And we're going to take it a little slowly here because I want it to resonate. Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Let's pause there. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you do right now. Maybe you feel that way right now. How long will I feel anxious, God? How long will I feel depressed? How long will I feel this loneliness? How long will I be heartbroken? How long will I struggle with paying my bills? How long will I be without a job? How long will I be sick? How long will I be exhausted? How long will it be so hard to raise my kids? How long will COVID last? How long will I be isolated? You know, I appreciate the honesty that David writes with here because I can resonate with him. There have been a lot of times in my life where I have said, God, how long? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will you ignore me? And I want you to know that it's okay, okay to be honest with yourself. You should not feel guilty if you ever feel like you're writing this to God. God, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I feel this way. How long? It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to express how you feel to God. I think it's healthy to get it out. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I underline these next parts. How long will I store up, like store up anxious concerns? Agony. Anyone ever felt an agony in their mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? What do we do when it isn't getting any better? How do we find peace in the worst places? He continues on in verse three. Consider me. Answer me, Lord, my God. Restore the brightness to my eyes. Sometimes when we feel that way, everything feels dim. Sometimes everything just feels like it's dark. Restore the brightness to my eyes, otherwise I will sleep in death. My enemies will say I have triumphed over him, and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. He had My enemies will say, I have triumphed over him and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. He admits it. He's recognizing it. He doesn't sugarcoat his condition. 
He finds himself in this incredibly desperate place. Nothing is helping. There's nothing that's making it feel any better. And he turns to the only one who can make a difference. And in that moment, he speaks in faith, the opposite of what he feels. And I want to read that. Verse 5, but I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. I trust in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he's treated me generously. What is he doing here? I want to say this to you, is that sometimes all we can do is hold on. Sometimes all we can do is hold on. Heather told me a story when she was a kid during Hurricane Hugo. Um, her brother Jonathan went outside and tied himself to the tree in the middle of a hurricane. Sometimes all we can do is hold on. Chain yourself to the tree in the middle of a hurricane to determine that no matter what, I'm holding on to God as my refuge and my deliverance. That's what David is doing here. He's forcing himself to remember, to summon the strength to keep holding on in faith of what's to come if he doesn't give up. Sometimes all we can do is hold on. But not just to anything. We're not holding on to our books. We're not holding on to our TV shows or even to our family. We chain ourselves in faith to the rock of our salvation, our mighty fortress, the immovable object, reminding ourselves of God's rescue, reminding ourselves of his deliverance, his victory, his comfort, his strength in the past. And force yourself to remember, to summon the strength to keep holding on. What do we do when it isn't getting any better? Chain yourself to God and hold on in faith. What do we do when it isn't getting any better? Chain yourself to God and hold on in faith. But what do we do? How do we find peace in the worst places? When I'm holding on for dear life, when I'm doing everything I possibly can to hold on, when it's not getting any better, is there anything that I can actually do to find peace? How do I experience the peace that God promises? We know that sometimes all we can do is hold on. This is where I want to look at a short passage of scripture in Philippians chapter four and give you one practical thought. But before I do, before I read it, I want to, I want to say something to you. I want you guys and myself to determine up front that what it says is true. I want you to go into this passage, reading it with the, with the determination that I'm going to trust what it says because I believe that it is true. And then put into practice, putting it into practice will result in what it says, despite the reality of your circumstances. I am not talking mind over matter here, okay? I'm saying that what, that determining that what God says is true and putting into practice what it says will bear fruit putting legs on your faith, okay? That's what I'm talking about here. How do we find peace in the worst places? Philippians chapter four, verses six through eight. We're gonna focus primarily on seven and eight. I'm 
no, I'm sorry, verse eight. But verse six says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's the promise, okay? I'm going to read it again. Don't worry about anything. Easier said than done. But in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And if I do, it says, the peace of God, which surpasses, goes beyond all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, so let's be honest here. That's what I want, right? That's what you want. That's what we want. That's exactly what I want. How do I get that? How do I sign up for that thing? Because that's what I desperately need in this darkest time of my life. How do I find peace in the middle of all of this? Well, the scripture gives us an instruction, right? It starts with what we already said. It says through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Well, that's what David did, okay? So David starts by going, this sucks. This is so hard. God, where are you? How long are you going to forget me? How long will I have to deal with this? He's recognizing that there's only one person that can make a difference, and he chains himself to him. Chain yourself to him. Trust in him. Hold on, right? He, he acknowledges that. What do we do when it isn't getting any better? Chain yourself to God and hold on in faith. Take your requests to him, and he promises peace. But there's still that gap. How do we find the peace in the worst places? Look at verse 8. He closes here. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything morally excellent and if there is anything praiseworthy, underline this, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. Sometimes when we're in the middle of it, right, and we're feeling crushed under the weight of our circumstances, under the weight of our feelings, it is so easy to get caught up in it. Everything starts to feel dark, like the light is getting snuffed out. If you're like me, and this is me being honest with you, I can spiral downward in negativity. I can find myself only focusing on the pressure and feeling worse and worse and worse. What is the prescription for that? What does verse eight say, right? Verse eight says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, lovely, commendable, morally excellent, praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Find the touchstones that will lead you back to the light. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, things that are lovely, commendable, morally excellent, praiseworthy. What are those things? I'm thinking of art. I'm thinking of friendship. I'm thinking of music. I'm thinking of nature. I'm thinking of, of stories of justice. I'm, I'm thinking of, of, of memories that are, that are wonderful. I'm thinking of babies. I'm thinking of Everett. I'm thinking of my dog. 
I'm thinking of, of, of times in my life where things have been good. I'm thinking of the friend who, who loves me. I'm thinking of my wife. I'm thinking of my kids. I'm thinking of, of, of the video games that I love to play. I'm thinking of the Bible and God's word. I'm thinking of worship music. I'm thinking of, of the paycheck that I'm thankful comes in. I'm thinking of anything in my life that is true, that I know without a shadow of a doubt is true, and no one could ever tell me that it's not. There is no evidence that would take away that I know this is true. I'm thinking of things that are honorable. I'm thinking of people in my life whose lives are, are beyond reproach or people in history that I look up to. I'm thinking of role models. I'm thinking of justice. Times in my life were in the news, and they may be sparse, but I'm looking for moments that are things that I can say, look at how just Justice one today. I'm thinking of things that are pure, like, like babies and like their beautiful squishiness. I'm thinking that's just pure. I'm thinking of teddy bears. I don't know. Whatever is just beautiful and pure. I'm thinking of things that are lovely. I'm thinking about things that are commendable, things that are worth lifting up, things that are morally excellent. And those can be challenging to find. I know but it says to dwell on those things. Dwell. The word for dwell here is the Greek word, and I'm going to butcher it, logizethi. <laughs> L-O-G-I-Z-E-S-T-H-E. Logizethi, whatever. It's the Greek word that the word logic comes from. Logic, okay? It means to reason, to ponder, to account for or to reckon with, right? So when it says to dwell on all of those things, true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, morally excellent, praiseworthy, it's saying to reason with those things, to ponder on them, to allow them to soak into you, to account for them. Because what happens in these dark times, these dark moments is we only see the negative. We only see the darkness. We only gravitate to those things and we forget that they exist. It says, no, account for them. Account for them. Make a list of them. Reckon with the fact that they are there and their power. Focus our attention onto those things. Give priority to these things. How do we find peace? in the worst places. Don't focus on the darkness and dwell on the light. God promises us peace when you come to him. But sometimes our dwelling in the dark puts an unintentional wall in the way. Focusing, reasoning, pondering, accounting for, reckoning with the good things, the worthy things is like opening the blinds in a dark room. Dwell on these things. Perhaps, and this is my practical suggestion, and I don't know who this is for, perhaps put away enjoyable things that tilt me towards unrest even if it's just for a time or a season. Maybe there are things in your life that are good things normally, but for whatever reason, they tilt me into the dark places. Could be a book, could be a music choice, it could be movies, entertainment, could be a, a particular friend, uh, 
coworker, I don't know, circumstances that just trigger, pull you into those spaces. They're not bad. So I, I, I know this is somewhat abstract or vague, but when you are susceptible, the most susceptible in those moments, it's important and imperative that we recognize the things that maybe we enjoy, but that maybe tilt us, that lead us into a place that we're not ready for or can't handle in those moments. If we're called to dwell on the things that are going to pull us back to the light, we're working against ourselves in those moments. Here's a couple of examples, very practical examples that are like analogies like or metaphors. I get these mouth sores in my mouth. I actually have one right now, right here on my lip. And it usually happens after eating a lot of salty food or acidic foods. Um, or if, you know, I go like throughout the week and I have a lot of stuff that I'm like not usually eating, um, it, it tends to disrupt the pH balance in my, in my body. And then I get these mouth sores. In those times, when I have continued to eat the same things, it just gets worse. It doesn't go away. It never goes away. But when I say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to eat those pickles. I'm not going to have that soda. The things that I like to snack on or like to eat or drink, when I have the mouth sore, it goes away. And it, it brings me back to where my mouth is healed. Or it's like, it's like the opposite. It's like in a cold, bitter winter day. And it's bitterly cold and chilly. And you're standing outside, but you're in the shade. And it feels awful. Have you ever stepped into the sun? on a sunny day in the winter, that sun like just, it's still cold, but the sun warms you up. It just, it feels different. This is what it's like when we focus and dwell in the light. My circumstances haven't changed. It's still seven degrees outside, but I stepped into the light and the warmth and the light of it just changes the way things feel. There may be a time, a season in your life, maybe now, that perhaps in order to find the peace, to get past that wall that, you're, that is unintentionally in between you and God, and the peace that he promises you, is maybe you need to step away from some of the things that are good things, but that are leading you into the dark instead of into the light, to dwell on the light. What do we do when it isn't getting any better? We need to chain ourselves to God and hold on in faith. Sometimes all we can do is hold on. We just have to do that. Like David, God, how long? And it doesn't seem to get any better for a while. And he just says, I remember when God has, has rescued me, I will praise him for his salvation that is to come. Chain yourself to God and hold on in faith. But how do we find peace in the worst places? Don't focus on the darkness and instead dwell in the light. Would you pray with me? God, <clears throat> I thank you for your word. <clears throat> I thank you that it is true. I have seen it. I've experienced it in my life to be true. I have, um, I have experienced both sides. I have felt in the darkest of places, I've struggled with anxiety and depression. I have felt as though I was crying out to you like David. There are days where I have read the Psalms and they resonate with me like as if I wrote them myself. And yet I've also experienced the peace that you have provided. I have found the ability to do that. 
It is not always easy. Sometimes it's really hard, especially when it feels really dark. It's hard to see the light when it's, you know, three o'clock in the morning and seven degrees outside. It's hard. But God, your word is true. And I have seen this to be true. There are things in my life that are fine, but sometimes I just got to push pause on those things because they're not going to help me get out of the darkness. And God, there are things in my life that when I focus on them, it brings a ray of sunshine and it helps me see you and I experience your peace. And I pray the same for every person in our meeting today. God, I pray that you would remind us of the things that are worth dwelling on, that you would show us the things that are true, the things that are honorable, the things that are praiseworthy and commendable. God, would you just draw our attention to those things? whether they are, you know, just readily on our, in our lives, just things in our own lives, relationships, people, our cats, our dogs, our friends, you know, if there are books that we haven't read before that are positive or uplifting, if there's radio stations or music groups or things that we haven't listened to in a while, I pray you would draw our attention to it. God, I pray that even as we are on Facebook and in the, in looking at the, the news on TV, that gosh, it would be so uncanny that somehow we're seeing the stories of positive things that maybe we have been not even been able to receive because we didn't, weren't looking for them. God, would you bring those things to the forefront so that we can grab onto them, hold Hold on to them, dwell in them. God, cherish them so that we can get through this difficult time. God, any person today who is right where David was when he wrote this passage in Psalm 13, God, if there's someone there who is crying out in the darkness, how long, God, agony in their mind, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would bring your promised peace, that it would surpass their mind's understanding that it would break through the darkness. Just like that song says, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, you silence fear. God, may we above all things dwell on you. May we take time in your presence. May we allow your spirit to transform us, to shine light into the darkest recesses of our soul. So where David can say in Psalm 23, though I walk in the valley of death, in the shadow, in the dark places, your rod and your staff, I will fear no evil, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, they guide me. May that be us, God. Would you bring the peace to us and may you help us to dwell on the light this week. We thank you for what you're doing and your promised peace and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.